With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P., Joe Pizzapia, and today... We've got a fun treat for you. It's mock draft season. We are open for business. The draft wizard is ready to go. And we have got a great guest for you. Mason Dodd from the Fantasy Flock is joining us. D-Bro, Derek Brown, the king of bros. Pat Fitzmorris is drafting on location. And all of our listeners from our Discord channel are helping us out as well because we got a fantastic 12-team PPR mock draft for you. Of course, we're going to be using the draft wizard software. The draft lobby is open. We want you to go visit the draft lobby. We just saw amazing some of the updates to the new tools. Debro and I had a fun meeting right before the show. The cheat sheet creator is available for you to go out and make your cheat sheets, start your mock drafts. You could sync it to all your different leagues as well. We have the best tools to help you dominate your fantasy league here, Fantasy Pros, and we want you to take advantage of all of them. And speaking of taking advantage, I took advantage of our guest, Mason Dodd, because he was scheduled for later in the week. And I just want to publicly say he came in today, stepped up to the plate when we needed somebody to fill in on the Monday. And Mason, you are a fantastic human. We're just so happy you're here joining us today, adjusting your schedule for us. How do you do it? Man, I, I am excited. It's like a kid on Christmas. I, I had the countdown five days until I got to go on Fantasy Pros. It was December 20th, and they went, you know what? Let's do Christmas today. Of course, I'm going to be jumping up and down, excited to come on. There you go. Christmas always comes early. We love mock drafting. Scott Fishbowl started today. D-Bro, uh, did you get past the first round yet in Scott Fish or what? No, baby. We got the uh, Dallas Live Draft that I have coming up this Saturday. So I get to just Ooh. sit back kind of like just stretch a little bit watch all this adp develop and stuff and then truly hatch my plan when it comes for saturday there you go now if you want to talk to pat fitzmores about his picks make sure you join our discord because on thursday he's going to be having those stages it'll talk back you can ask pat questions about some of the players he took and also about some of the players we took and his opinions on that and i encourage you to join that fantasy pros community especially if you're looking for leagues we got channels for that we got channels if you want to mock draft all day long if you want christmas to be Pretty much every 10 minutes, that's the channel for you because it is live. It's fantastic. Now, today, as I said, it's a 12-team PPR league. I'm going to be drafting from the three spot. Derek Brown's going to be drafting from the six. I know Pat Fitzmorris is at the 12, and our good friend, the flock, is at 109. I think he knows something we don't, so we shall see how things go here. Uh, now, Mason, as we kick things off here, I know that you've done a lot of mock drafts for best ball. So this is fun for you to get into a little bit of the PPR redraft kind of feel because it is post july 4th after all and this is now time to get real serious about the leagues that matter the most 
Oh yeah. I mean, we're in full on ramp up mode. I, I've done probably like 250, 300 drafts already this off season, but I, I feel like this is about the time to start taking it real serious. You know, yeah. you know, we're about to start getting training camp news, the whole nine yards. So I'm super excited. Yeah. As am I, I've been running mock drafts on the draft wizard. I'm just sitting there at night and watching TV with my kids and I'm running mock drafts. I love the emojis too, that you could do. You could do the tags on the cheat sheet creators. My new favorite thing. So there's players you like, you can make a little system of emojis next to their names. So when they pop up on your Chi Chi creator, if there's players that Derek Brown likes, I can put an emoji with a giant beard. So I know to stay away from those players. Uh, there's no Joe Pizapia emoji yet. And I say yet because it exists on Discord. I don't know why it's not on the Draft Wizard yet. So I can only assume it's something that the development team is working on. And now it's time to work on the draft. At the very top here, we have... Uh, one Christian McCaffrey going off the board to fuzzy and then Justin Jefferson going next, which means it comes to me and you know how I am Derek Brown, you know, I can't get enough of the wide receivers. So mm. I'm going to go ahead and select Jamar chase here with my first pick. We have some mm. great people joining us. Chris is in the draft. Piggy's in the chat. Uh, we've got uh, sweet Prince. We've got B 12. We've got, of course the flock. Eli Manning is Michael Phelps, which Hall of Famer Eli Manning, I just saw at the Wax Museum with my kids on Friday. Derek Brown, I sent pictures <laughs> to him. He loves it. DZQ is at the 111, and Pat, again, turning up the bottom of the draft. So Jamar Chase off the board for me. This is why I love the three spot, because I'm pretty much guaranteed to get JJ or Jamar Chase, and I'm happy either way. Chris is up next. Debro, as you're sitting here in the 1-6 spot, I know it's tough to predict the future, but what are you looking for to come off the board that you're hoping falls to you at the 106 pick? Well, you played right in my hands, Joe. So when I was getting mm. ready for this mock, I took the draft wizard and you can set positional values. So I mm. just cranked up wide receiver all the way at the top. So I could get a very Joe heavy type of wide receivers kicked up to 11 draft. So mm -hmm. I was practicing my man um, for yeah. me right here. It comes down to I'm, I'm not letting Bijan fall. Yeah. It, there you go uh, look piggy piggy i get it like it, it thinks he's like sniping me here kind of like him and fuzzy you're gonna try to do this entire draft i see you i see you Bijan. come on baby i'm taking Bijan here well i've already talked so much about how to me Bijan's the rb1 this year i can't wait to get mason's take on that eckler went after chase then ramondre stevenson's the earliest i've seen ramondre piggy is a crazy man Love Pigbird. We'll see if that uh, ends up returning value. I love Ramondre, but mm -hmm. as the 105, that's a little crazy there. Uh, but I'm with you 100% on Bijan Robinson, Debro. And uh, again, I think that this is just a, a great opportunity. Mace, when you're looking at the value of Bijan, of Christian McCaffrey, of Eckler, and these top running backs, is there an order that you have set in your mind? In my mind, I'm going CMC top dog. And then afterwards, I think it's a massive tier between Eckler, Bijan, I, I mean, I would even throw Saquon, Jonathan Taylor in there and really up to you. I know a lot of people are actually pushing Nick Chubb up there as well. Yeah, Nick Chubb, certainly one that uh, I know I'm excited for. But then again, I'm the president of the Chubb Club, have been for years. Andrew Erickson is applying for secretary status, though. He's really starting to tick up there. Flock is on the board with five seconds left. So go ahead, Mace, make your pick here. If you need me to pause the draft, I will. But oh, Cooper Cup, let's talk about it. Ooh. So after you had Bijan Robinson go off the board to Derek Brown, Travis Kelsey goes at 107, then Saquon Barkley 108. Uh, let's talk about Cooper Cup. So obviously this is a guy who was being drafted as a top three pick last year. Now you're getting a slight discount based on the injuries. Do you have faith that he and Matthew Stafford can stay healthy and put it all together for another run in 23? 
Yeah, I mean, back-to-back seasons, wide receiver one from a points-per-game perspective. Obviously, you have to assume a natural risk just based off what happened last year. And if you look at Las Vegas win totals, they actually have the Los Angeles Rams only at six and a half wins, which is a little concerning. And for that reason, I actually have Tyreek Hill ranked over Cooper Cup. But just based off the ADP in this draft room, I thought I could get a little greedy, take Cup at nine, and possibly get Tyreek Hill on the way back around at the beginning of the second Clearly doesn't work out as Tyreek Hill goes right back after mm, They're the best laid plans of mice and men. Yes, Tyreek Hill goes directly after you at 110. I like your moxie, though, kid. I think you had a good plan there. Nick Chubb, as you mentioned before, goes at the 111. Now Pat Fitzmaurice at the turn. Look at him. C.D. Lamb, Jonathan Taylor, mm. two really good picks there. I mean, that's a good way to start a team. I know a lot of people debate, D-Bro, down at that bottom pick there, whether it be the 10 spot or the 12 spot, do you double up? Do you just take the best of one of each? How do you feel about what Pat came away with, with the big wide receiver and the big running back? Seems like a pretty good start to me, D. Oh, I love it. Especially if you're trying to sit here and make sure that you have a well-rounded build and stuff, like not going too heavy wide receiver or running back, double tapping one position over the other. So I love what Pat did. Yeah. Uh, also, you probably love that uh, Tony Pollard went oh, off the board to Eli Manning. I do not love that. Of no. all people, Eli Manning. Younger brother of Peyton, big fan of fantasy pros, hanging out with us today. Uh, but uh, that, you know, that's just perfect. I love that. Uh, Stefan Diggs goes off the board at 202, then Tony Pollard at 203. My guy, A.J. Brown. Look, consolation prizes here, Mason. If you didn't get Tyreek Hill, I think you're still going to be pretty pleased with the productivity you get with this duo of wide receivers. Talk to me about A.J. Brown, yeah. Cooper Cup pairing. In my mind, it's almost crazy that you're able to get A.J. Brown in the middle of round two. I know if you look ahead at how the tiers break down according to ADP on Fantasy Pros, it's going to be harder to find running back value a little later on, but I can be looking at Jalen Hurts at the 3-4 turn, and this is a league where you have to start three wide receivers plus you have a flex. It's a full PPR format, so in my mind, I'm generally wanting to go through and try to start four wide receivers every week if I can. So I'd rather go a little lighter on running back out the gate, try to identify some running backs that I think have upside later on. Can always work the waiver wire if I don't find one of those guys that immediately hits. But regardless, starting off cup, A.J. Brown, it doesn't really seem fair in my mind. Well, this is what happens too when somebody goes way off the ADP, like a Ramondre pick in the first round. The people down at the bottom of the draft really reap the benefits of something like that happening. Josh Jacobs goes next at 205, then Amon Ross St. Brown at 206. Great pick there. 207, Derek Brown goes tight end. Talk to me about Mark Andrews. I, I'm just trying to deal with the pain that uh, Amon Ross St. Brown got sniped ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> He's my wide receiver five this year. I'm all in on uh, Amon Ross, the sun god. If you don't draft him, you get burned. I got burned, baby. So. For me, I'm going to go with the guy that I think can get close to matching Travis Kelsey. And looking at the board right here, there's a bunch of wide receivers and running backs I still like, but I'll look at it as kind of a flat tier right now. So mm -hmm. whoever kind of falls back to me a little bit here in the third round, I'm totally fine with. All right. Uh, I'm totally fine with getting to make this next pick here. Uh, to me, if I'm all the way up here, look, Brees Hall off the board, Garrett Wilson off the board. I feel pretty good still about one more year in the sun for Derrick Henry. I'm going to do it. I understand the workload was a lot. 370 carries last year. That's a big workload. But at the same time, I do like having that one running back here in the first three rounds that I can at least depend on. We know the offense is going to go through him because God knows there's nothing else in Tennessee. Stop trying to sell me everybody on Traylon Burks and stop trying to sell me on Ryan Tannehill staying healthy and all these things. It's all Derrick Henry all the time. Devontae Adams goes next at 211. Then with back-to-back -back picks here, Jalen Waddell and Keenan Allen go to Fuzzy. Uh, Diviar then takes Najee Harris, which means it comes back to me. 
And the player I wanted the most is still there anyway. So everything's coming up, Joey P. Chris Olave, that's the guy I wanted anyway, is my number two. Olave, Chase, I like the way this is stacking up for myself here. So uh, I'm going to go to war with those guys. It feels real good, I can tell you. And uh, the other thing, too, is you can, as you're doing these mock drafts, people can realize that what you have is the opportunity to draft against us. So if you want to draft against the fantasy pros, right, or Mason Dodd or any of those folks, like you could set it to draft against myself, Pat. Derek Brown, you could put us in the draft with you, which is really surreal because I'm trying to mock draft and I see my face making picks, but it's not me making picks. It's very weird. It's like this internal argument, but it's a great opportunity for you to really raise your game to the next level. Draft Wizard, again, the tools are incredible. After Olave at 303, 304, Demonte Smith, then Piggy on the clock at 305. We'll see where they go next. Debro, you are on deck. How do you feel about what's left on the board? Uh, I'm not really happy that, uh, fuzzy, my adopted son here, um, for <laughs> all of the banter on discord, because that's a real thing in discord. Um, there are memes, there are pictures and stuff. I, I I'm not happy that fuzzy took Keenan Allen and you took Chris Olave, top two players mm-hmm. in my queue. So I'm mm-hmm. reeling based off of that, but you know what? I'm probably going to get a reach alert based off the draft wizard, but I don't care. Calvin Ridley's still here, baby. As long as there he is the guy that he has always been. He's going to be a wide receiver one this year. Trevor Lawrence had one of the highest first read percentages in the NFL. So if he takes over that wide receiver one role this year, Trevor Lawrence is going to pepper him with targets, baby. Yeah, he was on my video that's on Fantasy Pros YouTube. If you haven't already, like, share, subscribe. Uh, There's a video out there of my league winners, and he's on that. Uh, Sure, he comes with risk, but is basically the 24th wide receiver going off the board the upside is huge, potentially. Uh, these picks are flying off the board. Jameer Gibbs at 307. Love this. Uh, so Sweet Prince knows what they want to do. Then we've got B12-er uh, taking Travis Etienne. And then look at you, three wide receivers in a row. You know, I thought Derek Brown set this to Joey P style, but it looks like Mason has set it even a tier above this. Just peppering wide receiver. I'm so proud. I'm so excited. Let's talk about this next selection of yours in DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the format that you're playing in, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's going to be a non-PPR league, then at that point, running backs are going to be more advantageous to have in the flex spot in comparison to wide receiver. But in a full PPR format, on average, you're going to want that wide receiver in your flex spot. Going back to what we are talking about, where you have to start three wide receivers in this format in particular, I'm seeing a flat tier at running back as well as at quarterback. I think Metcalf's maybe the last tier wide receiver here. Trust me, I'd have been really happy to get Olave, Smith, or Higgins making it to us. But once you get sniped on ETN, I, I'm going to pivot over to Metcalf. It's so funny to to me, you know, obviously PPR format, very important. You're paying attention to what Mason just said, but also you got to pay attention to when things go the other direction and people get left on the board. Derrick Henry every year in PPR, people just eh, I don't want Derrick Henry because he doesn't catch passes. I don't care because the last four years, he's still in the top five in points per game in fantasy. Doesn't matter if it's half standard PPR. He gets so much volume, it doesn't matter. So always pay attention to not just to the Jameer Gibbs of the world, but the guys that kind of slip through the cracks because still people undervalue them in certain formats. But Mason's 100% right. Three wide receivers in a row. I love it. Amari Cooper goes next off the board here with a 310 pick to Eli Manning. And then uh, DZQ selects Joe Mixon. Pat Fitzmorris at the turn taking Drake London and their Derek Brown favorite. And look at Pat, the first QB off the board, Patrick Mahomes. Look at this. And now the QB run begins. So Pat has set the standard fourth round. Mahomes goes, then Josh Allen goes. Jalen Hurts goes. 
my goodness, Eli Manning has the Derek Brown playbook, it feels like. And what does Mace do? He takes another wide receiver. Let's talk about your selection at the 404, Mace. Yeah, I mean, I'm steaming, right? I, I'm looking at a draft board go, okay, I'm fine with Mahomes. I'm fine with Allen. I'm fine with Hurts. As long as one of these guys makes it back to us. And then there were only three teams between my selections. I was like, all right, we'll get one of these guys. We'll stack up Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and all three of them go. So it's sad boy hours over here. We are going to make a panic selection of Debo Samuel 404, just continuing to stack on wide receivers that I think have upside, obviously not guaranteed, but upside to be top 10 options at the position. And yeah, we can start all four of these guys every single week in this format in particular. If you're only starting two wide receivers and one flex, then obviously you're going to be forced to go a lot more balanced out the gate. But if this is the format that you're playing, and I'm completely fine taking four wide receivers in a row if you perceive that to be the value. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and certainly the fourth round was a lot about uh, some of these uh, quarterbacks going off the board here, which you're seeing that trend where a lot of people are willing to now in that fourth round, basically start to peel off that elite tier of quarterback. We're going to hit a pause here because I want to get some of the other picks here, because after you selected Debo, who I got to tell you, like, that's the one guy for me. That's a tough one, but he's not your wide receiver two. He's not your wide receiver three. He is your flex guy practically. So, I mean, at this point, what do you got to lose? TJ Hawkinson at 405, then Lamar Jackson at 406. Derek Brown, you made a fun selection at 407. Another guy that was left on the board, I think just a little too long, and you scooped him up. Let's talk about Aaron Jones and what he could do in the Packers offense without Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones is, is dropping in drafts, and I really don't understand it. I think that... None of his efficiency metrics showed a drop off. I still looking at like you're talking about Derrick Henry, Joe. I think Aaron Jones still has another RB one season left in him. Mm -hmm. So he falls to the fourth and fifth round in multiple different formats. And I'm willing to gobble him up at that point because all we're doing is getting the Jordan Love discount here. And he's a little bit older, but I still think the efficiency shows that he's not falling off the table. So I was debating him versus going another wide receiver. Now, Pigbird made me kind of maybe regret my decision a little bit i was hoping maybe jerry judy came back to me but yeah big being the pig he's 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 got him uh before he came back to me but i uh, yeah. still feel good about some wide receiver options that are left out there though well i can tell you jerry judy wasn't making it back to you between me and piggy <laughs> uh, piggy took it before i could get him and then chris godwin went next before i make my next pick i want to remind everybody too look there's more ways to get involved here and if you want to put some of this mock draft knowledge to use to win some real money then go do it over on DraftKings because they've got a fantastic $10 million out there and guaranteed cash prizes. So join the DraftKings best ball contest today and get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars. As soon as the draft is finished, you enter DraftKings best ball millionaire contest, snake draft your team for the season and each week you'll automatically rack up points for all your top scores, just like a regular best ball format. No ads, drops, trades, nobody annoying in the league, all that stuff. It's just you and your team against the masses and the winner going to take home one million dollars in a top prize so head over to DraftKings app and sign up use that promo code fantasy pros one word fantasy pros that's important when you sign up for the DraftKings big time best ball contest here 10 million dollar best ball tournament is out there we want you to win so go check that out and you get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars so the code is fantasy pros it's only at DraftKings go check it out there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm going to check out my next pick, and I'm looking at the insights available right now on the Draft Wizard. is telling me who's got uh, quarterbacks, who doesn't right now. And because I have Jamar Chase and because I continue to go on this narrative I'm building all summer and all these videos I'm doing on the YouTube channel about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase being on the precipice of a special season, gosh darn it, I want to put those two guys together. I want them to be happy together. I want them to just continue to recreate the magic of their youth on the NFL level. Nothing will make me happier. So I'm going to go ahead and select Joe Burrow here. Justin Fields still on the board. Yes, I could wait. Maybe one of these two quarterbacks make it back to me, but I just don't see anybody that moves the needle for me. And again, this is why you have the cheat sheet creator too. So you can know where you have these guys. And now I got the slight reach emoji. Sometimes it likes to give me a face, but again, we're talking about building a team right now, every single week productivity. I've got that stack between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It's not something I'm always looking for, but when I can combine a top quarterback and a top wide receiver together, that's something I think the worth investing in. Mason, how do you feel about that? Some people talk about they like doing it, they don't do it. To me, it's always about doing it with elite pairings. It's not just about any old pairings. How do you feel about putting a wide receiver and a quarterback together on the same fantasy team? I, I think it's almost something you have to do now because, I mean, mm. how I approach every single league, every single draft is you are most likely going to lose, right? There are 11 <laughs> losers. There are one winner. So you have to make decisions as if your early round picks are massive hits. Like in reality, yes, it's possible if Jamar Chase doesn't pan out, you can still win this league, but most likely that's not happening. You know, if you're going to win this league and beat the 11 other owners, Jamar Chase has to be a massive success. And if Jamar Chase is a massive success, then that means Burrow's most likely as well. So I really like parlaying and correlating your individual bets together. That way you only have to get a few things right, like the Cincinnati Bengals passing offense being better than expected. And if you get those few things right, I mean, it can just domino down the rest of your roster. And that's how you be the top team in the 12 team league. It's really interesting. You started out so negative with there's an 11 losers in there. My heart just sank <laughs> out of my body. And then you, you, you saved it for me at the end. Some really good logic that that's why everybody should subscribe to the fantasy flock over on YouTube. 
Mason Dodd is doing a mock draft every single day. He's doing something every single day for you. He does fantastic content. He's a good dude. Go check him out. Go subscribe if you don't. I'm sure you do already, but please go check out the Fantasy Flock Network. They also do Dynasty content too, which I know Mason's done with. He's ready to move on to the redraft. J.K. Dobbins goes after my Joe Burrow selection at 411, then at 412. Cam Akers, another great value there. Tyler Lockett at 501, Justin Herbert at 502. Then I selected George Kittle at 503. Just don't love the wide receivers on the board there. I like some other guys later. I feel I can outperform their ADP. So I try to take a little advantage there and take George Kittle. I figure whoever's playing quarterback, I don't know who it's going to be. And don't pretend like you do either because none of us know right now as of July the 10th who the week one starter is going to be for the San Francisco 49ers. But regardless, George Kittle is going to be a big part of that game plan. Miles Sanders goes next at 504. Then Darren Waller at 505. Christian Watson, that was the only guy I was really contemplating, and you took him from me, Derek Brown. Good on you. How do you feel about yourself now after you did that to me? I'm feeling great, baby. I mean, look, we're talking about (laughs) – Mason's talking about stacking. You can also invest in really good offenses or offenses you think are going to be underrated, and I think the Packers' offense is being underrated a little bit. And this is not me trying to prop up Jordan Love, but who do I think this offense is going to run through? I think it's going to be Aaron Jones. I think it's going to be Christian Watson – And we know time and time again, I mean, how many years do we have to see this over and over? Second and third year wide receivers are fantastic bets to make. Everybody knows Watson is my guy. And with, look, I've already got my top two running backs. I got Bijan and Aaron Jones. Now it's time to backfill wide receivers, considering I already have Mark Andrews too. I get Watson Mm -hmm. as my wide receiver too. (laughs) Let's go. He's feeling good about himself. Let's see if that trend continues. Uh, Sweet Prince right after Christian Watson goes off the board, selects Deontay Johnson, which mm. I mean, I can't believe it after having to hear you and Erickson the last two weeks on the Slack chat talking about Deontay Johnson. You didn't take Deontay Johnson, but more. I thought he was going to fall back. I thought he was going to fall back. I'll throw oh, that out there. He went right after you. You're drafting against our listeners on Discord. These people That's are fair. very smart. Smart people join the Discord. Fantasypros.com slash chat. It's free. But again, the premium people get more access to more channels. So keep that in mind. Go, but don't check it out. It's free. Uh, after Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, then finally he breaks down and takes a running back. Kenneth Walker, the third, let's talk about it here. Mr. Flock. How do you feel about the selection? Uh, very lucky to be honest. Uh, like <laughs> I, once I see Cam Akers, JK Dobbins, Miles Sanders going at the four or five turn. I'm like, Oh crap. It looks like I am not going to get a running back making it back to us. So yeah, just very, very lucky that Kenneth Walker makes it to us at the end of the fifth round. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, all right, after Kenneth Walker, the third, then you've got uh, who's next after that? It keeps jumping on me. Oh, it's Terry McLaurin. Then Brandon Ayuk at 5'11", to DZQ. Look at Pat. Pat's showing you, you know, he's not afraid. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be somewhere. And wherever he is, he's going to be on Pat Fitzmorris' team. Uh, Michael Pittman, he selects next to. I just had a big conversation, Derek, about uh, Michael Pittman on another podcast. And it's really hard to get excited about him this year because obviously the big transition, Anthony Richardson, a quarterback that we're all very excited about. However, at the same time, we don't think there's going to be like 4,000 passing yards in this offense. How do you feel about how that might look potentially for his value this year? I, I'm off of Pittman. I've got him buried in my ranks. Like it, the problem with Pittman has nothing to do with skill or talent. It has everything to do with passing volume. Even the most glorious narratives of Anthony Richardson passing, I don't think equates or his fantasy value equates to a lot of passing volume. So Pittman, it's really hard to build a good case outside. Of, even if he gets that 26% target share, 
getting above 110 targets and really vaulting his ceiling above like a wide receiver three. So for me, if I'm looking and shooting for upside in these middle parts of these drafts, these wide receivers where I look at, there's a long tier of wide receiver three ish types. I want to be baking in a little bit of upside. And I just don't see that for Pittman. All right, let's see what else has been on the board for the rest of our folks here. Uh, after Michael Pittman goes, then Mike Williams goes to DZ. Eli Manning selects Damian Pierce. And then the flock did get their quarterback, Justin Fields. I can't believe he was still Good on the pick. board. My God, you talk about lucky. How did this happen? What's going on? I just said nice things about all of our people in this draft, but they let this one slide through the cracks to Dodd. Dodd, you must be feeling really good about this one, yes? Yeah, I mean, th this is kind of payback for everybody sniping us on our quarterbacks at the 3-4 turn. <laughs> Whenever you're uh, up on the clock at the 509, you're like, okay, it feels like Fields should probably go at this point. But then the three teams after me already have Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. So you can just pretty much guarantee they're not taking Justin Fields. So it's just an easy spot to take Walker 509 and then guarantee yourself you're going to get Justin Fields there in the middle of the sixth. All right, continuing on after Justin Fields, then Christian Kirk, Alexander Madison. Debro, you took Jackson Smith in Jigba. Why JSN over Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson? Why was he the first guy off the board in that rookie class for you? Well, well first of all, I have to get to back to the fact that Dodd's so happy about getting Fields here. I'm not feeling too happy. You sniped him for me, man. Like, well, you I had, had him chance. top of the key. You know, I know, but anyway. look. I was hoping Mason was still going to lean into some other positions here. But of course, being the sharp man that he is, he did not. Um, I'm going with JSN here again. We just talked about shooting for upside. Pittman, I don't think has it. JSN does. He's going in this wide receiver three range. And for him to be a wide receiver two or higher this year, what are we talking about? Okay, to be a wide receiver two, we just have to believe that he is the guy that his talent profile suggests that he is. He is going to mm -hmm. earn targets at a high level from the word go in his rookie season, which considering what we've seen out of rookie wide receivers over the past few years is not crazy to assume as well as if Tyler Lockett or DK miss any kind of time, you're talking about that floor and ceiling are raised, man. If one of them goes down and misses substantial time this year, and I'm not trying to forecast injuries upon anybody right now, or Lockett takes a step back, JSN could be a wide receiver two, hell, a wide receiver one in his rookie season. Mm, all right. Uh, interesting take there from Derek Brown on JSN. Everyone knows I'm still buying Tyler Lockett everywhere. James Conner <laughs> goes next, then Dallas Goddard. After that, I select Jahan Dotson, a uh, second year wide receiver. Uh, we'll see what Sam Howell is made of. We'll see if he has anything uh, to offer here in this new offensive coordinator situation. Kyle Pitts then goes Rashad White, then Jordan Addison, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Again, this is that tricky time in the draft. Uh, it's whether you want to swing to the fences here with the guy who says he's healthy or the guy that I know is healthy who might have a crowded backfield. I'm going to take the healthy guy that I know is healthy. I know Javante Williams says he's going to be ready for the start of the season. I still got bad feelings about that. So in July, I'm going to take Isaiah Pacheco. I still feel pretty good about this. I need another running back here that I believe in in a good offense. Uh, I know Jarek McKinnon came back. He's another year older. I'm not worried about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It looked like Pacheco was that dude, and that offense is going to be great again. Uh, I did take Jahan Dotson over Marquise Brown and Addison. It was a long conversation between him and Addison. Derek Brown, you think I made the wrong decision there? I don't think you made the wrong decision if you're shooting for upside at the running back position, because really what you're hoping for is that Pacheco just, he's the new Damian Harris. He's the new Jamal Williams. He's the new mm -hmm. guy that's going to get 14 touchdowns because he's in the Chiefs offense. Right. So if you're shooting for the upside at the running back position, I don't hate the shot there. 
And after I shot that shot, Trevor Lawrence goes next at 7.04. Good value. Dalvin Cook at 7.05. That was the other guy I was contemplating. But again, it's like you want to take the older running back that people are discarding or the younger guy in the great offense. When Dalvin Cook eventually signs, that'll be an interesting situation to then really talk about. And look at you. Look at you. Getting your cake and eating it too. Derek Brown not only got JSN, but also got Quentin Johnston as well. So you're building a fun dynasty team here, D-Bro. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm building a fun, a fun stretch run steamroller team, baby. Stretch okay, run steamroller. So while that's a good team name, here. the stretch run steamrollers. I like I that. Mean, Mason, you like that? I think that's a good one. Mason, I, I, I love it. Mason's, Mason's not feeling it. Mason's not feeling it. It's okay. It's okay. If you don't like it, don't, you don't, like it, don't laugh at Derek Joe's jokes, okay? I make it a point on the show not to. You made the joke. It's your joke. Own it. Anyway, Quentin Johnson, talk about it. <laughs> go ahead, D bro. Talk about Quentin Johnson. Let's go. Oh man. Okay, fine. A QJ, I, it comes down to it's talent and upside, baby. And we talk about offensive ecosystems. The Chargers can lead the league in passing attempts this year. So why would I know when I buy into this offense? Again, we talk about contingent upside. I have Miss Wide Receiver 3 ranked on fantasypros.com, but again. We're one injury away, and oh, everybody wants to sit here and talk about, oh, well, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams can't stay healthy. Then why is Quentin Johnson not going higher in drafts? Hey, you don't have to sell me. I like Quentin Johnson more than JSN this year, and you got them both. Uh, After you took QJ, Rashad Bateman goes, then Mike Evans goes. Uh, Mason, you took DeAndre Swift at 709. Now, obviously, when you're very heavy at wide receiver, you guys are taking some shots here. So how do you feel about taking this shot on DeAndre Swift at this point in the draft at 7-9? Yeah, I honestly thought I was going to be completely off on DeAndre Swift at this point because, I mean, hell, he's a running back that relies on catching the ball, going to an offense where the quarterback doesn't really check down. And I thought a lot of people were going to be really excited about the landing spot in Philadelphia, but it seems like people kind of understand that it's not as good as it is on paper, you know? So it's definitely a pick that has a lot of downside. I mean, there's a reason. The Detroit Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs to pick 14 and traded away DeAndre Swift. But, I mean, round seven, I'm drafting for upside. It's going to be a league, a team that leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Swift can't catch the ball. He can be used in the red zone. So, fine, taking a swing in round seven for that upside. Would you consider also putting Rashad Penny on the same roster with Swift? If I get him at a value, I'm not going through and reaching on Rashad Penny just to try to monopolize the backfield, if that makes right. sense. Then I'm having to play the game. Okay, who am I starting on a week-to-week basis? How do I project this out? And well, I'm not good. Typically, one of them's hurt. You know? <laughs> kind of does the game for you. I'll let you make your next pick because I know you're on the clock. Uh, Traylon Burks goes after DeAndre Swift and Pat Fryer moves David Montgomery, Cortland Sutton, on the turn there for Pat. So he takes Montgomery and Sutton, Khalil Herbert, Alvin Kamara. Now that Mason, I wanted to give you some time to make your pick. Let's come back to that conversation. So in that Eagles backfield, you're saying basically it's, it's not a good idea to do that because you basically have to take a stand is what you're saying. Right. And you don't want to guess wrong every week of who to start. Exactly. So maybe on a, like a different team, I would take Rashad Penny, you know, because it's not like I'm sitting here going, trust me, guys, I know everything. DeAndre Swift's <laughs> going to be the guy. In reality, it's a coin flip. Who really knows? There'll be some teams I bet on Swift, some teams I bet on Penny. All I do know is if you get one of those bets right and say DeAndre Swift is the lead running back in the best rushing offense in the NFL, then all of a sudden that is a pick that can win you your fantasy football league. Even if it's a risky pick, it's a pick that has upside. And that's what I'm going for. Because remember what I was saying earlier on, I mean, in every fantasy football draft, there are 11 losers and one winner. So I'm fine. I mean, getting last place in, say, 50% of my leagues, as long as in the other 50%, I either get first or second. 
All right, uh, let's continue on with the draft here. You selected George Pickens next. Let's talk about that pick, and then we'll fly through the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, George Pickens definitely not the most exciting. You're two wide receiver from last year's class, but I mean, hell, you can make an argument. He's the cheapest. We're getting him here almost, um, what, like seven picks after Traylon Burks, a couple rounds after Jahan Dotson. I, I mean, a couple rounds after Christian Watson. Love Christian Watson, not talking down on the pick whatsoever. It's just more so taking a shot on a young wide receiver going into year two, which is something that we've talked about earlier on in this draft. What you want to do, especially at this price point, I like it. All right, continuing on, looking at the rest of the picks here as we press on after George Pickens, Dak Prescott, Samaji Pirine goes next at 806 and 807. Look at that. Derek Brown, who loves Giants quarterbacks like Eli Manning, Phil Simms, Jeff Hostetler, now takes one in the great pantheon, Daniel Jones. How do you feel about getting the selection here of Jones? Why didn't you just keep waiting? Just out of curiosity, there's some other guys on the board that you figure are pretty close. Jones didn't exactly light up the passing yards totals i know the rushing yards there is it as simple as that d it is and when you're looking at access to the top five ceiling outside of these early rounds the quarterbacks that are going to be able to do that either have to throw at a top five top 10 clip or they have to have rushing or maybe we get both and considering what we saw out of the giants offense down the stretch last year they were near top 12 and everything we care about passing rate pace, all these different types of things. And with Daniel Jones, I know the rushing is going to be there. So if the passing rate goes up this year with improved weapons, yeah, I've got dimes as my QB nine right now in the ranks and I'm ahead of consensus, but I'm taking him here because he's one of the last few stabs you could take to try to get into that possible top five upside conversation See, I wasn't going to let him fall down the board anymore. No, uh, right after you took Daniel Jones, I got uh, two knives in my back. Uh, one from Piggy, who took <laughs> Javante Williams, because I almost had my cake and ate it too, which is delicious. Uh, then Elijah Moore, one of my favorite late round picks Chris took for me. So congratulations, Chris. Well done. Uh, so I had to settle for Brandon Cooks there as my wide receiver floor, which is fine. Dallas is going to have to throw the ball a fair amount. Uh, I feel okay about that. Not great. Again, this is that weird time of the draft where you start taking calculated risks on guys you like. And two of the ones I like in this round went right before me. Been a lot of that. A lot of sniping in this one. James Cook goes next and Kadarius Tony. I just couldn't pull the trigger on Tony at 812. Then at 901, Fuzzy selects Jarek McKinnon. So all Chiefs going off the board. And it's going to come back to me for another pick here in a second as Diviar is up for the 902 pick. Some interesting wide receivers still on the board here. Zay Flowers, lots of talent. I'm very excited about him. In fact, I'm so excited that I'm going to go ahead and take a shot on Zay Flowers because if indeed Odell Beckham isn't the guy that rebounds and comes back and looks like he did in that run for the Rams a couple years ago, then I just don't believe in Rashad Bateman being able to stay healthy and on the field. So give me Zay Flowers because that's a dude that I believe in. He is a very good young player, has that fight in him for the football has the speed, has everything you want. Chris then takes Zach Charbonnet. Great pick at 904. Love this one. I think Chris is using the Joey P cheat sheets here. Piggy takes Sky Moore, another one of my favorite guys. Derek Brown harumphs that selection, I'm sure. Debro, where are you going for your next pick? Uh, well, uh, Piggy was trying to snipe me. Um, let me know, let you know, Piggy, I wasn't going to go wide receiver there. I need to fill the running back room a little bit. I've only got two guys, four wide receivers. So um, I was looking at James Cook. He didn't fall to me. So I'm just going to take the guy that could be the goal line back for the Buffalo Bills. And again, Erickson's talked about this. If we're making bets on who could be this year's Jamal Williams, uh, yesteryear's James Conner, 
get you 14 touchdowns, kind of the similar bet that Joey P made on Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, Damian Harris here makes a lot of sense. Almost took him, but because it was PPR, I was going a little bit harder after some more wide receiver depth because I still feel iffy about Jahan Dotson. I believe, I got to believe in Sam Howell. That's a little tough for me still. Still working that out <laughs> in therapy. All right, Sweet Prince takes Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Jacoby Myers goes to B12-er. Fantasy Flock selects Antonio Gibson. That was another one that I was trying to contemplate selecting there before I took Zay Flowers. So I want to hear you, Mason, tell me about Antonio Gibson because there's a lot of hype coming out of camp already about him and how Eric Bieniemy is going to use him. Are you buying that? Do you think it can't go wrong at 909 either way? I mean, he can definitely go wrong. I don't want to say that. <laughs> but, um, I definitely think he has the upside. I don't necessarily know if they want to use him. They may just have to, because if you're looking at the backfield, they lose out on J.D. McKissick. Gibson's the guy that will catch the ball. Brian Robinson, while trust me, I may still take him in the 10th round. I think that at this point, he's probably a pretty good value, but they just haven't shown that they're willing to use Brian Robinson as a pass catcher quite yet. So I think Gibson at minimum is going to have a pretty large role as a pass catcher this next year and then has upside for more if he's able to be used as a red zone back as well. And generally, that's what I'm having to try to chase, right? I mean, this is uh, my only running back outside of Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift. My running back room is a massive question mark. I went extremely heavy wide receiver early on. So I kind of want someone that I can at minimum use for his receiving down upside. And hopefully he has a little more upside beyond that. Yeah, but you know what? Either Swift or Gibson, you just need one of them to work out. And if one of them does as your RB2, you're in good shape there. Uh, if Charbonnet had been there, Mace, would you have taken him? It would have been hard for me not to, to be honest. I, I, I don't know yeah. if I would have been like super excited about it, having Kenneth Walker on the same roster. Right, yeah. yeah Chris getting Zach Charbonnet 904, just incredible value in general. Yeah, that's my thinking as well. All right, after Gibson, then Jamal Williams goes Rashad Penny off the board. Evan Ingram to Fitz at the turn. Brian Robinson starts us in round 10. Then Michael Thomas, David Njoku at 10.03. A.J. Dillon goes next. So Mason's throwing darts at RBs. Uh, maybe, you know, he gets lucky and somebody ahead of one of these other guys doesn't end up uh, carrying the ball as much as we might think. A.J. Dillon was one of those guys last year, although a lot of us, myself, Pat Fitzmorris included, felt like he was ready to take that next step in that offense. And week one, we looked smart, and then we looked like idiots for the next 11 weeks. So how do you feel about A.J. Dillon in 23, Mason? Well, yeah, last year I didn't draft a lot of Dillon. And I'll tell you, after week one, even week two with his usage, I was crapping my pants. I thought I was going <laughs> to lose so much money. I thought I was going to lose every single league because I was like, oh, my gosh. Looks like AJ Dillon's a freaking starter in Green Bay. I, I don't think he's the starter, but I still think that he is in, I mean, pretty much a two-man backfield there with Aaron Jones. And going back to what I was talking about with Antonio Gibson, when I start my draft off with only one running back in Kenneth Walker through the first six rounds, later on, I need to be taking guys that I know will see touches on a week-to-week -week basis just in case I have to start them, but also have upside for more. So if I really need to, I can throw Dylan into my starting lineup. Maybe I'm not too, too excited about it, but he's not going to give me a zero. And if anything were to occur to Aaron Jones, then all of a sudden AJ Dillon could turn into a league winner. There you go. Great uh, breakdown there by Mason. Again, make sure you're please go subscribe to the fantasy flock YouTube channel. Fantastic work there. Uh, B12 or takes Rondo Moore right after then Deshaun Watson goes to the sweet Prince, uh, Derek Brown. You took Jameson Williams. So you have to wait on this pick for a few uh, weeks. Do you feel like this is the, round where you start to make that decision with yourself right because if he's going to miss six weeks that's almost half of the fantasy regular season does jameson williams give enough value for you in the 10th round to make up for that 
Yeah, I mean, we're just swinging for upside here in these later rounds. And when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, the draft doesn't stop or the, the league doesn't stop after the draft. So the other thing I'm going to do in these later rounds is not only swing for upside, but go BPA. You know, so Jamison Williams is my wide receiver five. You're also looking at when you step out of this, like, Week five, week six, he's about to come back and you have this guy like just waiting to explode. If somebody wants to trade for him or like right now, I only have three running backs. Then also you're building just depth going by BPA in these later rounds of the draft. So an upside swing. Yeah, I'm taking upside swings on JMO the entire draft season. 1008 to a tongue of Iloa, then Nico Collins at 1009. I took Kendra Miller at 1010. Uh, break down that again, just we all have uncertainty about that situation in new orleans let's see how it works out elijah mitchell jeffrey wilson close out round 10 then tyler board devon a chain continue round 11 speaking of upside at 1103 i'm gonna take another running back that i think eventually is going to figure things out and yes i did get reach alerts on both of these last picks draft wizard cool your emojis on me i know you're tough on me i know you're just trying to make me better but at the same time i want roshan johnson i think he's still the most talented back in that backfield so I couldn't get Bijan here and Jamar Chase. I had to make that hard decision. So at least I get some Texas rookie running back on my roster. This makes me happy. Uh, I do think over time he goes past Khalil Herbert. He goes past uh, eventually Deonta Foreman. And eventually it will be the Roshan Johnson story as Derek Brown's talking about. You got to be drafting for the latter part of the season, not just the first few weeks. Jalen Warren goes next, then Anthony Richardson off the board. So Tua and Richardson. Interesting combination there. We always talk about going and when you take Anthony Richardson, you got to have that safety net quarterback. I don't know if two is the safety net guy. I think it's more the Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff because of Tua's concussion issues, but that's a debate for another time. Derek Brown, you stayed on brand. Tank Bigsby at 11.06. How do you feel? I don't feel good, Joe, um, because <laughs> the fact of it is, is that Pigbird is in this draft and I was, I was hoping for Anthony Richardson. And I had this long soliloquy about like pairing two mm. guys with a rushing upside and top five access. And then Pigbird goes, ah, nah, nah. Oh no, no. And snipes me. So yes, I will stay on brand with tank Bigsby again, talking about guys that could be clear handcuffs. that can have standalone roles. The short part of my queue got wiped out right here. I had mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. I had Jalen Warren in there. And after Anthony Richardson went, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And so, yes, I'm going with Tank here. I think he has a standalone role, um, possibly as the goal line thumper for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And what we're talking about is access to really good offenses. ETM misses any time. Tank could be the three down guy for that team. If only Derek Brown was using the pick predictor over on the draft wizard maybe he would have seen that coming but uh, alas maybe he wasn't clicked on the right spot there uh after tank bigsby tyler algier devin singletary dalton schultz goes to you mason i know you got another pick coming up so why don't you talk about schultz and then i'll let you make your next one yeah so it's more so i mean just in this entire range once you look at running back wide receiver Nobody really stands out, at least in my mind. All these guys are about equivalent to the options you're going to find on the waiver wire during the season. So like, I could sit here, take Darnell Mooney, and I think Darnell Mooney gives you a high floor, blah, blah, blah. I, I think you probably need to be swinging for upside. And a big thing that I have, and I actually just put out a video this morning about this, is my mindset once I get into the last three or four rounds, I want to take players I feel comfortable cutting. So that will go into my next pick here. But I want to take someone that I think maybe can actually impact my season or by the time I get to week three, I can see how they're involved in the offense. And if it's not what I'm looking for, I'll cut them off my roster and find someone else off the waiver wire that is performing. 
I love the next pick he made too. We'll get to that in a second. Darnell Mooney, Romeo Dobbs, then Chigakonko. Pat loves the late tight end Chigakonko. And then Alan Lazard begins the 12th round. Zay Jones at 12.02. Lots of questions there. With Calvin Ridley around, is Zay Jones, is Evan Ingram, who is the guy that's kind of the loser of targets there. Raheem Mostert goes almost a full round and a half after Jeffrey Wilson Jr. I just thought that was interesting. Take that as you will. Let's talk about Odell Beckham sliding all the way to 1204. You got to feel pretty good about that. I mean, if you're going to take a shot here late, it seems like a good one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, going back to what I was talking about, if Odell does nothing by week three, see you later. I'm good. I'll find someone off the waiver wire. But I I don't want to be taking like a player like Zay Jones, where you know for sure he's going to be a difference maker this next year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He'll for sure be on the field, right? Mm -hmm. But that's just going to be just good enough where you never feel comfortable cutting him. But at the same time, with Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk there, he probably never really has the upside where he can feel comfortable starting him. So he's kind of in no man's land. Odell, I think that there's a possibility it's in the range of outcomes. He does break out and I can actually start him. And on the other end, it's a possibility he is nothing and I can cut him, pick up a waiver wire player. And that's what I'm looking for in this range. I'm trying to start a record of how many uh, reach alerts I can get in one draft. I'm really (laughs) I am focused today, baby. I am ready to go after Odell Beckham. Then Adam Thielen goes Deontay Foreman, Geno Smith at 1207 to Derek Brown. So, D bro, you did take your second quarterback here. Another guy with a little bit of, you know, a little momentum, certainly building off of last year, but also a little mobility, too, which I think is why you really wanted him. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I want access to Chef Gino. Like, why is he going so late in drafts? I, I really don't understand it. Like, what I'll else is the man? Because he spent the last six, the first six years of his career doing nothing. And he had one great season. That's why. I mean, and I don't know if that's wrong. But that's why. And I think it's fair. I think it's fair, but it's also a little bit disrespectful considering how long he was great last year, as well as they did nothing but add weapons around him. So unless we just think that it's a total apparition, he's not coming back as my QB two, And I'm talking about at this point, I'm mixing and matching uh, wide receiver ceiling and stuff. That's kind of where I'm going. Okay, makes sense to me. Uh, Geno Smith after he goes at 12.07, Dalton Kincaid at 12.08, then Tyler Higby at 12.09. I took DJ Chark at uh, 12.10, then Kenneth Gainwell, Kirk Cousins at the turn for 13. Greg Dulcich off the board. Interesting value there for Fuzzy. Diviar selects the 49ers defense. I took John Mechie because I keep staying on this narrative. If John Mechie's healthy, he's still going to lead that team in targets and receptions, and I'm going to stay on that. Until any other news breaks otherwise, uh, KJ Osborne at 1304, Donovan Peoples-Jones at 1305, Debro, Rashid Shahid, 1306. This boy can go get it, him and Jamison Williams. Those are some uh, guys who could fly downfield. How do you feel about these uh, big play guys you have on this roster wide receiver? We're searching for ceiling here, Joe, and ceiling and weak winning type of performances. We want speed. We want guys with a deep threat. I mean, if my, if we don't believe in Michael Thomas – that people should be believing in Rashid Shahid, especially considering what he showed in his rookie season. Every efficiency metric you look at, whether it's PFF receiving grade, yards per route run, he blew the top off of all of these different things. And again, I talked about it, and I've laced my entire roster with this concept. Investing in rookie wide receivers, second year, third year wide receivers, yeah, they're good bets to make, and I'm going to keep making them. Okay, continuing on, we'll see if good selections and bets get made. Uh, The Prince selects Gerald Everett, then Chuba Hubbard. Cole Komet goes to you. Uh, So you got Dalton Schultz, Mason, you got Cole Komet. Tight end by committee, something I do a lot. 
I went early tight end, something I don't do a lot in George Kittle. How do you feel about the two you ended up with? And do you think that Cole Komet can actually have a good season here after all this wish casting we've been doing for him the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, he's still incredibly young. And if you look at what he did last year, while he didn't put up many fantasy points, it really wasn't his fault. The <laughs> Chicago Bears had like the worst passing offense we've seen since 2010. Like Chicago couldn't throw the ball. So if you look at his market share numbers, the man actually had almost like a 20% target share. So I took Justin Fields in the sixth round, essentially saying that the Chicago Bears will figure it out. They will be better this next year. And if that's the case, maybe Cole Komet can maintain a 20, 19, 18% team target share. And yeah, 13th round. I mean, I don't really see that much upside, like with Van Jefferson, Michael Gallup, wide receivers in this range. I'm going to pull the trigger on him. Dallas Cowboys defense goes next, then Van Jefferson. Pat takes Leonard Fournette in the Jets defense. The Eagles defense starts us off at 14.02, then Michael Gallup at 14.03. Flock, you took the Ravens defense. After that, we have Aaron Rodgers go. The Patriots defense, I was hoping they would fall to me. They did not. New Orleans at 14.07 to Derek. Piggy took the Bills, then the Broncos go right before me. None too happy. I'll go ahead and make my friend Scott Bogman happy and take the Pittsburgh Steelers defense at 14-11. Divi is up there. Now we're making our last selections here. I know where I'm going. I'm going to get my extra quarterback here and try to just, you know, cover my options a little bit because don't love a lot of the talent here on the board. So I might as well go ahead and take another quarterback of their salt, hoping for Jared Goff. Uh, As we lock up here, Hunter Renfro, uh, 14-11. Then Sam Laporte at 14-12 as Fuzzy makes the last selection of the first selection, I should say, of the last round, the 15th round here. And then we'll do the grades because the draft wizard, if anything, is always going to try to educate us. It's very important that it does. And look, we've got some new versions of the tools out there too. the mobile version is super friendly and don't forget anything that you're doing here with the cheat sheets and the league sync when you're premium at fantasy pros you can go ahead and attach that to your yahoo league your espn league your sleeper league and you can even on the mobile devices make that work oh look russell wilson and jared goff all go right after one another great terrific grand Uh, I guess I'll have to settle for Matthew Stafford here. It makes me a little ill, but I'll go ahead and do this. Chris is going to go ahead and uh, make their next selection here. D-Bro, you've already got your defense here. What are you looking for at the end of this draft here with the last pick? These early drafts, I'm just going to take shots on players. We're looking at training camp stuff, one injury away types. And a lot of times that leads me to the running back position. So Pigbird is his his ears are probably burning. He's probably going to take one of the guys that I have in my queue right now. He did not. You can have fun with Jonathan Mingo. Not going to go that direction. But one of the guys, again, we're talking about access to really good offenses and people are leaving him for dead. I'm going to sit here and draft Clyde towards Lair here because he is one injury away. You got Pacheco. We got McKinnon. One of those guys goes out. He has access to either the early down roll or the pass game roll. So in Kansas City Chiefs offense, which we saw last last year, CEH started out on fire, baby. Like limited work, sure. He was scoring touchdowns like crazy. So if you would have even paired to, together the Kansas City backfield last year, guys, and you had CEH to begin the year and Jarek McKinnon to close the year, you were feeling pretty good. So I'm going to draft CEH here. Okay. Uh, after I took Stafford, Hodgins goes, Jonathan Mingo goes, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Alec Pierce. Uh, the Chiefs defense uh, flock just throwing darts at more running backs. Ezekiel Elliott. Hey, he's going to land somewhere. You imagine, right, Mason? I mean, with your last pick, it could do a lot worse than Ezekiel Elliott. Don't you think? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, if Zeke doesn't sign somewhere, easy cut, pick someone up that has good preseason news. If he goes somewhere, great. I mean, maybe I just pretty much put an early waiver wire claim on him by taking him the last round. There you go. Love it. Can't get enough of it. All right, let's see what the draft wizard has in store for us. I knew it wasn't going to like me. I don't know if I like this draft for myself, to be honest with you. Uh, it gave me a C. Uh, I look at the roster, though. Joe Burrow, Derrick Henry, Isaiah Pacheco, Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Dotson. George Kittle is where I went off brand. This is typically where I go more wide receivers. I didn't like it. I could have waited. Probably taking Mike Gusecki late, who I believe might have gone undrafted. Yes, he did. So that's probably more the Joey P style. But I want to try something fun. And this is the whole point of doing these. So we continue to look through uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense, Zay Flowers, DJ Shark, Henry Miller, Matthew Stafford, Roshan Johnson, and John Mechie. Looking at the projected standings, let's see who won the draft here. It was fuzzy. Congratulations, Fuzz. You did it. Well done. You bested Pat Fitzmorris at number three. You bested Eli Manning at two. Derek Brown sounds up at five. So a good showing there from Debro. A good showing from Mason, two at eight. As Mason, you said, you know, 11 of us are going to lose this. So congratulations to Fuzzy there. Uh, what's fun here on the back end, you can always get those expert opinions. See who liked your draft, who didn't like your draft, where you took the reaches. And the fun thing is, too, you can go back and wherever you made that reach or it said, hey, you should have done this instead. You can dial all the way back and restart the draft there and see if you can do a better job. Because the draft wizard is about teaching you to get the best team you can in 2023. Uh, Debro, what was the grade that you got on your draft here, my friend? 86, baby. I'm passing. I got a B. Okay. So I'm enjoying it. And look, like I said at the beginning, if I can't win first place, at least I'm keeping it in the family with Fuzzy taking on the top prize here. All right. How do you feel about what you had, Mason? What was the draft grade and any expert opinions worthy of sharing with us? I mean, I got a 78. Couldn't be prouder. I think this is the highest <laughs> score I've ever gotten on a test. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I'm probably going to frame this, print it out. There you go. Excellent. All right. Looking at some of the expert opinions. I look, it seems like nobody really likes my draft. Uh, and, and I, again, this is the fun. The other night I did one of these got an A plus today. Come here with my smart friends. Time to go back to work and draft some more. Got to see. Didn't like the way this went for me, but I did learn some things, which is stay on brand, Joe. Stay away from the early tight ends. You're never happy. Why do you do this? I don't know why I got tempted by George Kittle. It must be because he loves wrestling. And so did I. I don't know. Something like that happened. Uh, continuing on here, let's recap some of these teams here and go through some of the strengths and weaknesses. You can see this on the board. There's lots of different options you can go through to evaluate the process of the team that you made. Uh, Debra, let's talk about your team. Daniel Jones at the quarterback spot. Two good running backs. So great running backs. Potentially RB1s. Bijan Robinson and Aaron Jones. Calvin Ridley, Christian Watson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. So a little question marks there in terms of wide receivers. I think we can agree there. There's absolutely potential, but there are some questions without a doubt. Mark Andrews, though, at tight end. You also went early tight end. I feel like your rosters just never look the same when you do that. Damian Harris is the flex. Great pick there. New Orleans, Quentin Johnston, Gino, Jameson Williams, Rashid Shahid, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Tank Bigsby. How do you feel about what you're looking at here with your roster, D? I love this team. So many guys that, that I'm extremely high on this year, plus getting access to what I think is going to be good offenses, going with Seattle, uh, getting both the guys from Green Bay, Jacksonville, and Baltimore here. So I, I love this team. This team feels like any team that I would be walking out of a draft and be just pumping my fist, man, because all of the wide receiver upside that I have baked into here, I'm probably playing a wide receiver in the flex weekly, playing matchups, and I have all that depth by going – 
BPA and the wide receivers, if this is a real league, I'm saying, okay, well, if I need depth, if I want to upgrade a quarterback, get another running back, I have the depth to deal with that as well as like walking out of the first few weeks of the draft. Mason, I'm going to petition the draft wizard to give you a better grade. Uh, I think looking at your roster, this is a team that I like quite a bit. Justin Mm -hmm. Fields at quarterback. Then you've got Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift. Okay, we can talk about RB2, but the strength of the team, the core roster strength is Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Those are three outstanding wide receivers, all capable of putting up wide receiver one seasons. Dalton Schultz at tight end. Then you took Debo as your flex. Ravens defense. Then you have Gibson. Dylan, you have lots of shots here running back, even with Ezekiel Elliott later, George Pickens, Odell on the bench, and Cole Komet. So you went early wide receiver. You were pounding the PPR pavement. How do you feel when you're looking up Mason and see what this roster looks like? Uh, Honestly, I really like it. I mean, I think I got lucky to have Kenneth Walker make it to me at the end of the fifth and Justin Fields make it to me in the sixth. If that didn't happen, um, is probably would have looked a whole lot worse, but <laughs> feel fortunate, feel lucky and happy with where it stands. And congratulations to fuzzy. I want to look at the fuzzy roster again. You know, sometimes it helps when you are picking at the very top, but you got to make the most of it. Kirk Cousins. So Lake QB, Christian McCaffrey, early cam Akers, really good value there on acres. Then Waddle, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, three of my favorites. So no clear alpha, but three guys that can all finish still in that wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 15 range. It's a really strong balance team. Greg Dulcich out there at tight end. Then Addison, Tony, Jeffrey Wilson, McKinnon, Russell Wilson, all the Wilson, Sam Laporta and Tyler Boyd. Now fuzzy didn't take a defense. So fuzzy did cheat a little bit, but that's okay. We're going to let it slide here. I want to know who you think won the draft. So drop your comments below, take a look at the rosters and let us know. And if you want to be in one of these and say, Hey, how come I wasn't invited? Well, go join the Discord, fantasypros.com slash chat. It is free. And when you're premium, let's say you're watching this, you drop a comment, you subscribe to Fantasy Pros YouTube channel. We're picking somebody every month to give out a free one-year premium subscription to so you can utilize the greatest tools on the planet to dominate all your leagues. So go do that as well. Join the Discord, run a million mock drafts, go make some friends or some enemies at the mock draft lobby and run them against real people. And most importantly, go check out the fantasy flock on YouTube. You can follow Mace on Twitter as well at Mason Dodd FFN. You can follow the fantasy uh, flock fantasy, excuse me, uh, over there on the Twitter machine as well. Great stuff as always. And I appreciate Mason showing up for us and switching his schedule to join us. And if you can't get enough and you saw this and now you're really excited about going out and drafting a team, we'll go do it on DraftKings. Get involved in the big best ball tournament, the best ball millionaire contest at DraftKings and use that promo code fantasy pros when you sign up. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on for Mason and Debro. I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 